liftoff and the clock has started. This is 20 minutes you'll never get back. Wow, that was some serious emphasis. Uh, Thank you very much, Tim, for that introduction. Yes, this is 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. My name is Doug Prezak. Welcome to episode 40, 46. Episode 46, that's right. But before we get going, it's time to check in with our state's report. I'm happy to announce we have 43 states now. We picked up South Portland Gardens, Maine. Couple listeners there, so welcome, Maine. That now just leaves Montana, the Dakotas, North and South, Hawaii, Vermont, Rhode Island, and Delaware. I know you guys can do it. If you know someone there, say something. <laughs> I need all 50. I don't know why, but I do. We'll check in next week and see how we're doing. Okay, enough of that. Let's get on with uh, this episode. Well, starting in a couple weeks, California is going to be getting back to sort of a semi-normal existence. You know, some states are already there. Congratulations. Yeah, frankly, whether they're ready or not, they are easy, Doug. Don't get political. Uh, One of those states that have gone all in is Nevada. Las Vegas is open and the uh, streets are crawling with the masked and the unmasked, all looking to get back some of uh, that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas fun. Well, way back on June 16th, almost a year ago, uh, episode number two, I told you the history of Las Vegas. Well, this episode is going to narrow it down to one specific element. Yep, slot machines. And by the way, that's a sound I rarely ever hear. <laughs> I just have... No luck with those machines. Anyway, there's been all kinds of commercials running on, on, at least on my TV, about different casinos that are fully open. They show uh, pictures of beautiful people playing cards and, of course, the slots. And frankly, I've never seen any of those beautiful people in the casinos I go into. I don't play card games. You know, I can't think that fast. I got booed at at a blackjack table uh, one time for telling a dealer to hit me when apparently I wasn't supposed to because everyone else at the table figured the dealer was going to bust, but since I took that card, they all lost. I've been scarred ever since then. Uh, I play slot machines, you know, because no one yells at me there unless I go up to machine and try and sit down and a little old lady sitting at the next machine starts screaming, that's my machine, I'm playing it too. Hey, Looney Tunes, if you're listening, I am available for a voiceover work for cartoons if you need a little old lady in person. <laughs> Anyway, I want to get back and play some slots, but before I do, I need to educate myself and now you about slot machines. That's right. I did the research, so you don't have to. Way back in 1891 in New York, a company called Stittman and Pitt, they developed the precursor to the modern slot machine uh, called the card machine. Now, it contained five drums holding a total of 50 card faces, and it was poker based. The machine uh, was really uh, popular, and soon all kinds of bars in the city had one or more of them. Players would insert a nickel and pull a lever, which would spin the drums. There was no uh, mechanical payout mechanism, so prizes depended on the local establishment. A winning hand, such as a, a pair of kings, they might get you a free beer, while a big win, like a royal flush, might get you a cigar or a cocktail. To make the odds uh, better for the house, two cards were removed from the deck, hence the 50, the 10 of spades and the jack of hearts. That doubled the odds against spinning a royal flush. 
because of the number of possible wins in this poker-based game, it was impossible to make uh, a machine capable of awarding an automatic payout. The next machine to hit the uh, casinos and bars and taverns and every place else was the Liberty Bell machine. Now, San Francisco in the late 1800s, it was a wild gold rush town with saloons and bordellos. <gasps> of course, gambling. Gambling machines such as Sitman and Pitt's card machine were doing quite well. Well, at the same time, a Bavarian mechanic, a guy by the name of uh, Charles Fay, he saw the potential of gambling machines. So he started to create his own machines in the basement of his Berkeley apartment building. Well, Charles Fay is universally regarded as the inventor of the slot machine. In 1898, Fay was now designing machines in his workshop in San Francisco. He built a machine called the Card Bell that had a three-reel staggered stop with an automatic payout kind of a design. The card bell had playing card symbols on its three reels, but a year later, Faye changed the symbols. The three spinning reels contain now a total of five symbols, horseshoes, diamonds, spades, hearts, and of course, a liberty bell. I don't know why I said of course, but it contained a liberty bell. Faye renamed his machine the Liberty Bell. Three bells in a row produced the biggest payoff of 10 nickels. Man, if I hit 10 nickels on a slot machine, I'd be happier than pig and poo. Let me tell you, because I just don't win. Now, on a side note, there's a historical marker located at 406 Market Street in San Francisco, which was the site of Faye's workshop. The building no longer exists, but the California historical marker number of 937 marks the spot. I think there's just a tree there now, but you know, uh, go, if you're in San Francisco, go take a look at it. Or if you're you know, traveling and you want to go on vacation because everybody can now go to San Francisco, go to 406 Market Street and look at the spot where Charles Fay invented the slot machine. <laughs> it's, it's something to do. Liberty Bell was a huge success and created the mechanical gaming industry. Uh, after a few years, devices were banned in California, but Fay still could not keep up with the demand for orders from elsewhere. The Liberty Bell machine was so popular that it was copied by many other slot machine manufacturers. The first of these, also called the Liberty Bell, Charles, I think you got a lawsuit you can file there, also called the Liberty Bell, was produced by the manufacturer Herbert Mills in 1907. By 1908, the Mills Bell machines had been installed in most cigar stores, saloons, bowling alleys, brothels, and even barber shops. I know by now you're probably saying, hey, Doug, that's all great and dandy, but how did we get from horseshoes and hearts and spades to cherries and plums? And what's up with that bar? Well, hold on, buckaroos. I'm just about to tell you. The first Liberty Bell machines produced by Mills used the same symbols on the reels as did Charles Fay's original, you know, the horseshoes and hearts. A little later, a similar machine called the Operator's Bell was produced. This one included the option of adding a gum vending attachment. <laughs> I guess when you gamble, you want to eat gum. The gum was offered in fruit flavors. Now, because of that fruit-flavored gum, fruit symbols were placed on the reels. Lemons, cherries, oranges, and plums. A bell was retained as part of the mix. Well, what about that bar, you say? Well... The machines also had a picture of a stick of bell fruit gum on it. That stick of gum eventually became the black bar and that bar stuck. Pardon the pun. 
Now, if you're a millennial, you may not have heard the term one-armed bandit. Well, it doesn't come from a spaghetti western starring Clint Eastwood. Crap, you don't even know what a spaghetti western nerds are either. Never mind. The reels on the slot machine used to be spun by pulling a lever or an arm located on the side of the machine. And, of course, these machines robbed many unlucky players of their coins, hence the one-armed bandit. Now, Bally, they developed the first fully electromechanical slot machine called the Money Honey in 1963. Sorry, that's just a funny name. And it still operated with these spinning wheels. The popularity of this machine led to the increasing number of electronic games where all you had to do was press a button to spin the wheels. A lot of the modern machines today, they still have that arm on the side. If you want to pull it, uh, go ahead and, and get those muscles worked out. The first true video slot machine, I love video slot machines, was developed in 1976 by Walt Fraley, and he called it the Fortune Coin. This machine used a modified 19-inch Sony Color TV for the display and logic boards for all these slot machine functions. The prototype was mounted in a full-size show-ready slot machine cabinet. Now, after some modifications to defeat cheating attempts, the video slot machine was approved by the Nevada State Gaming Commission and eventually found popularity on the Las Vegas Strip and in the downtown casinos. The first American video slot machine to offer the second screen bonus round. I love the second screen bonus rounds. <laughs> They're just so much fun. Anyway, it was called Reel Em In, and that was in 1996. Australia actually had one a couple years earlier. Congratulations, Australia. Uh, this type of machine has a display that changes to provide a, a different game in which an additional payout can be awarded. It's called the bonus round. You know, um, all of a sudden, penguins fly up in the air and give you all kinds of coins. A multi-line slot machine, uh, they become popular since the 1990s. Now, these machines have more than one pay line, meaning that visible symbols that are not aligned on the main horizontal line may be considered as winning combinations. Traditional three-reel slot machines commonly have one, three, or five pay lines, while video slot machines can have as many as 1,024. You don't have to think anymore. You put your money in, you push a button, it tells you if you won or you didn't. Okay, so I've been yakking about all the payouts, but let's talk about the elephant in the casino. And no, I'm not talking about Circus Circus. Everyone says, okay, a lot of people say, the machines are rigged. Well, duh, of course they are. The casino wants their money. They also want to give you back a little money so you keep playing. You can call it rigged if you want, but it's how they're programmed to give you back money. It's all controlled by something called a PRNG. All modern machines are designed using the PRNG, which stands for pseudo-random number generators. Now, these little doohickeys constantly are generating a sequence of simulated random numbers at rates of hundreds or perhaps thousands per second. Every combination of slot machine symbols corresponds to a number, and these numbers are what tell the machine to do, whether they make you rich or not. Every combination of pictures you see on the video screen or every combination of symbols on a spinning reel machine all have a number assigned to them. As soon as the play button is pressed, the most recent random number is used to determine the result. This means that the result varies depending on exactly when the game is played. A fraction of a second earlier or later, the result is going to be different. Here's a little tale of Ronald Harris. From 1993 to 1995, 
Harris and an accomplice stole thousands of dollars from Las Vegas casinos, accomplishing one of the most successful and undetected scams in casino history. You see, Harris was a former slot machine programmer, and it seems he had access to the PRNG codes. He discovered equations for specific gambling games like Keno that allowed him to predict what the next set of selected numbers would be based on the previous games played. Harris's accomplice attempted to redeem a high-value winning Keno ticket at Bally's in Atlantic City. Now, casino executives became suspicious of this guy and notified the New Jersey gaming investigators. The investigation led authorities to Harris, and after a trial, he was sentenced to seven years in prison. He was released from prison after serving two years, and he currently lives in, you guessed it, Las Vegas. Harris is listed in the Nevada Gaming Control Board's Black Book, a place you don't want to be, and he's prohibited from entering any casinos. Today's slot machines are designed to defeat Harris's little scam by generating numbers even when the machine is not being played, so a cheating player cannot tell where in the sequence they are, even if they know how the machine is programmed. All right, it's break time. When we come back, I'm going to give you the history of the slot machine. Oh, calm down. It's the history of how slot machines evolved to separate you from your money faster and more efficiently. And we're going to do a little casino math. So don't go away. Take a minute. See what's in it. When you're buying a vitamin product, read the label. Make sure you get all the vitamins recommended by government experts. You do in VIMS and three essential minerals also. Get VIMS at your druggist. VI for vitamins, double MS for minerals. VIMS. I call BS on that one. All right, I I get the VI is vitamins, but MMS, how do you get minerals out of that? I don't know, maybe back in 1940, they called them memorals. <laughs> memorals. <laughs> oh, God. Let's get back to the show. Okay, slot machines are designed to make you as comfortable as possible. The seating and the graphics and even the pretty sounds they all make. Um, they're all designed to appeal to the player. But the bottom line is that they are all designed to take your money. Now, here's a brief history of how they did it and how they now do it. That, you know, the first step in gambling obviously is to insert money into the slot machine. The first method that was used on slot machines were the coin token acceptors, you know, the little slots, drop the quarters in. These acceptors revolutionized the slot machine. However, as time went on, it was quickly realized that players cannot insert money very quickly, which slows down the gameplay as well as profits for the casinos. So... Next comes bill acceptors. Now, bill acceptors also doubled, tripled, and even blew the tops off the casinos with profit gains. Now, players can insert a currency note in the slot machine and play off the credits. This not only increased the amount of games played per minute, but also the casino's bottom line. However, this led to yet another shortfall. If a customer wished to change machines or cash out, they had to wait for the slot machine to spit out all the winnings, all those coins dropping in the hopper, which, depending on the amount, could take a long time, or worse yet, the machine was empty or didn't have enough coins and was locked, waiting for someone to come pay the winnings by hand. This reduced the games played per minute and affected casino profits, while the players were waiting instead of playing. So, next comes tickets. Tickets were introduced around 2002. The ticket in, ticket out 
allowed players to easily cash out their winnings and move to another machine and then continue playing quickly and easily. Now, this not only reduced casino staff, but also increased casino revenues once again, and way more importantly, the amount of games played per minute that players could play. Ticketing is still used around the world today and is considered a necessity for today's slot machines. I'm the guy you usually see walking around the casino with a ticket that says $1.18 on it. Because, you know, that's right. I'm going to parlay that into a million dollars as soon as I find the right machine. And speaking of finding the right machine, have you ever said to yourself, I just know this machine is about to hit? Well, every machine in the casino is about to hit. When you're sitting at a machine and press the spin button and hopefully the random number generator comes up with the right number, that's when it's going to hit. Now, in most gambling games, every bet you place is on a random independent event. The word independent is what's really important here because it means that what happened in the previous event or the previous series of events does not affect the probability of what's going to happen next. Now, here's an example. When you play roulette, you have 38 possible outcomes, and that's because that's how many numbers are on the roulette wheel. If you bet on a single number, let's say 13, the probability of winning is 1 out of 38. If that number comes up three times in a row, what is the probability the ball will land on 13 on the next spin? It's still 1 out of 38. The previous spins of the wheel did nothing to change the number of ways to win or the number of possible outcomes. The odds of the number coming up again might change, but the chance is always one out of 38. It's the same thing with slots. Every time you play a slot machine, the spinning of the reels is an independent event. Sometimes slot machines do run hot or cold, and they're usually cold when I'm sitting there. That's the nature of random events. Sometimes you see a sequence of wins or losses. It's just a result of that variance. Let's look at this example. Suppose you're playing a machine where the slot's probabilities are programmed to provide you with, a, say, a hit frequency of 30%. In your head, you're thinking, well, I'm going to win something roughly one out of every three or four spins on that machine. You can easily make three spins in a row on such machine and have each one of them lose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can also easily make three spins on a row on such machine and have each one of them win. Nah. In either scenario, do the odds change on the fourth spin of that sequence? No. Each spin only has a 30% chance of winning, or in my case, 70% chance of losing. Each spin is independent. Also, slot machines aren't programmed to catch up after a big win, and they're not programmed to start having winning results after a long cold streak. They just have random results determined by the random number generator on the machine. So how can you tell if a slot machine is about to hit? You can't. Believing this is one of the biggest mistakes any gambler can make. Because you can't. It's just that simple. Any other conclusion is just wishful thinking. So when it comes to slot machines, well, pick any machine you like. Whatever TV shows, Big Bang Theory or Sex in the City, whatever shows you like. Game of Thrones, that's a big one. Whatever colors you like, whatever style you like, whatever one you want, put your money in and cross your fingers because you might get lucky. But it won't be because you had any insight from me or anybody else about whether the game was due. It's just going to be dumb luck. With that, this episode is officially over. But first, what have we learned? Well, we learned that if you go to 406 Market Street in San Francisco, you can see the spot where it all started. There's no building, but you can see the spot. Uh, we also learned that the reason you see cherries on a slot machine is because of gum. 
And we learned that no matter what system you use, no matter what juju you employ, no matter how many times you appeal to the slot gods, you'll win when the random number generator says you're going to win. That is it for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I will talk to you next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.